1: This is a Dude Studios production, and hey, I'm the Dude. Country Wine and Spirits is the number one online source for wine and spirits, offering over 3,000 products. You won't find a better selection of spirits and wines anywhere else. You can order everything from the most popular brands to some brands out there that you may not know of, but you should definitely try. They also have gift boxes for those special occasions that are coming up. To check out Country Wine and Spirits and go find that perfect spirit for yourself, go to cwspirits.com and when you check out, use coupon code heybartender5 and get 5% off your entire order. That's cwspirits.com, coupon code heybartender5 for 5% off.
0: Hey, I'm Havis the from North Carolina and you're listening to Hey Bartender podcast.
1: The of world Heather Sedlecki, thank you so much for joining me on Hey Bartender Podcast. How are you doing today? Pretty
0: good. How
1: are you? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, so, uh, thank you so much for taking the time out. Uh, I just let my listeners know she, uh, Heather's been very, very patient with me because we keep having scheduling conflicts and all that stuff. And we, but we finally got got this all together. So. Well, uh, thank you for being patient with me.
0: Yeah, no problem.
1: So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself?
0: My name's Heather, and I go by Heather. I'm originally from New Jersey. I moved down to North Carolina 10 years ago? Yeah, 10 years ago. I'm 28, and I was in the service industry for four years.
1: Four so years? the
0: hospitality, all that, mm-hmm. four years.
1: So you're in, what brought you from Jersey to North Carolina?
0: My parents moved me. They moved me halfway through my senior year of high school.
1: Oh, bad time. Was that? Yeah. Uh, was that like really hard on you?
0: It was really hard. So I was in. The worst part about it, I was in choir at the time and I was supposed to go to Disney for a choir competition and they moved me right before that happened.
1: Oh, that sucks. Uh, I've never had to relocate halfway through a school year, but. Uh, Almost got. Uh, tra- uh, well, I had to go to a different school at one point because the school I went to, I couldn't keep up with their academic standards, so I had to change schools. Oh,
0: but, okay.
1: <laughs> but Catholic school. What are you going to do? But
0: uh, I went to Catholic school.
1: <laughs> but uh, <laughs> see that uh, you said you mo- you moved out to New- North Carolina ten years ago from New Jersey, so. I, anybody who, anybody and everybody who's from New Jersey, I always have to ask: Do you ever go to Leonardo, New Jersey, go see the Quick Stop and RST video, Kevin, You know the Kevin Smith stuff.
0: <laughs> no, I never did. So I live um, up in uh, North Jersey. The only stuff that I really went and saw was the Jersey Shore stuff from you know the Jersey Shore. Oh, but okay. They're not really from Jersey, so
1: they're not. <laughs> Well, I don't keep up with reality TV. I uh, ignore no, it with great pride, but uh, the people from Jersey Shore aren't I from Jersey. I
0: normally ignore it, but you know when they make fun of Jersey. No, they're from Staten Island. But...
1: Oh, okay, posers. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I I couldn't watch Jersey Shore. I mean, uh, it I I just it's like nails on a chalkboard for me. I mean, the only reality show that I really truthfully could watch was MythBusters, and you know.
0: Mythbusters is good though.
1: Yeah, I love that uh, I loved it back when a- Adam and Jamie were doing it. I don't think the Discovery Channel even does it anymore. But
0: I don't think they do. I think that, I think it was canceled
1: maybe. Yeah, probably. But anyway, so you uh well, what we do here on Hey Bartender podcast, we mostly just swap stories and talk a little bit about working in the service industry. Now you said you worked in the service industry for 4 years. Now uh, let's start at the beginning of that. Yeah, yeah. Let's start at the beginning of that. Yeah. Let's. Uh, what, what brought you into the service industry, hospitality?
0: So from a young age, I always wanted to be a server. For some reason, I guess I liked the fact that there was fast cash. Yeah. Um. I also, so I'm very shy. So I normally am not good in settings where I have to talk to people and I thought serving would really help me get out of that because mm-hmm. I'm forced to interact with people. So that's what really got me started with serving. It took me a while. My first job was as a hostess and you know, the manager told me I would never become a server basically because I was too stupid.
2: So did
0: oh, yeah. oh yeah. That's good old Ruby Tuesday for you.
1: Oh, Ruby, you started corporate. Okay. Uh, yep. Yeah, um, Ruby Tuesdays, wow. So, the yeah, that's not really a uh, great way, great manager. That's kind of a dick to just all, all of a sudden pigeonhole you and say you're pretty much going to be a hostess for the rest no, of your life.
0: No, we all hated her.
1: So uh, did you and your coworkers all, you know, get together and, like, plan her ultimate demise or something like that? You know, she's the enemy.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We yeah. used to make her night like a living hell. Oh, please. It was great.
1: Please tell me a story or something. I,
0: uh, I don't, like, I didn't really personally do anything. Um, I w- thought there was, the reason she called me stupid was because she had come up and we had this party coming and she was like, okay, I don't want you to fit anyone in this section, you know, because we're going to have that big party and I want the server to be able to... Take care of that table and not worry about getting sat so much. Well, she didn't come and tell me that she changed the party section until the very last minute. So I was all frazzled. So when I sat the party, I ended up seating the person again because somebody asked for that section. And I don't tell people no because if they want that section, they want that section.
2: Mm.
0: You know. So she got so mad at me. Um, I mean all I made three twenty five an hour as a hostess. There. Yeah. And it was slow for a college town, so I never really made much tip out. Um, well, Ruby Tuesdays is the an only expensive restaurant.
1: Ruby Tuesdays is an expensive restaurant for college kids. So
0: Yeah, yeah. I I worked there in a college town and when I tell you it it was terrible. The what I did to get back at her is, and I normally don't do this. I always give two weeks before I quit and stuff like that. I quit the, like the day I was supposed to go in. I said, you know what? I don't want to work for you anymore.
2: <laughs>
0: and literally just didn't show up.
1: Yeah, uh, it's tough to tr- uh, try to tell uh, the way servers treat their managers, whether they really like them or they really hate them. Cause it's a fine line because uh i it really is i I remember uh the girls that I used to work with at one of the places that I worked at. It was my boss's fortieth birthday, and they they got him a cake they put the candles on it, but they brought it in with an inflatable doll, and he was incredibly embarrassed i mean just mortified. <laughs> But it, you know, you start you start to have to wonder: Did they do that because he hated him, or did they really like him?
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. Like, which one is it?
1: <laughs> but I can honestly relate to you completely because I started in the service industry as a uh, bartender, really, because I wanted to work on talking to people. I, you know, I consider myself very much an introvert, and uh, I figured that working behind the bar. I could learn how to do conversations. I can learn how to talk to people or, you know, try to talk to different people other than my usual circle. And, yeah, but the hard part about it was, is when they wanted to talk about things that I have absolutely zero interest in. Now, tell me, uh, tell me if you can relate to this. Like, uh, I can talk about rock and roll, the Beatles. I can talk about star Trek, until uh, uh, Billy Joel, I can talk about all that until I'm blue in the face. I can practically give you a history lesson. You know, uh, people used to warn people, "Don't ask them about the Beatles, or you're going to end up with at least a half hour lecture." And
0: that sounds like my dad. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but when you got that guy that comes in that's wearing Dallas Cowboys hat, Dallas Cowboys parka, Dallas Cowboy pants, Oof. I got nothing because I know zip about sports and. I... Most of the time I was, I was sitting there thinking, and I'm not going to even try to learn about sports just so I can talk to this guy. Can you relate to that?
0: So I know about, so I know about sports, um, but there are certain things that like people would come in and when I worked at Cracker Barrel, the church crowd, when they would want to talk about, you know, all that religious stuff, I'm like, uh-huh okay, yeah, you do pray for me. Sure. (laughs) Awesome. And then, you know, I'd walk away and be like, you know, mm, I would have to like fake all that. Mm. It it was bad because I was like, I want them to tip me. But like, I don't want to be like, no, I'm not going to talk about that. Like I would get so awkward though. With You know, the church, the church crowd is where I would get super awkward Oh yeah, because they would be, and you know, they would start talking. I'm like, "Uh uh-huh. Yeah. And they would leave these like little
2: pamphlets
0: (laughs) of like, Jesus loves you. And, you know, or there would be like these little comics of like the devil getting you. And like, we we would be in the back laughing at those things. Mm.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, that, that's a bit much for me. Uh, I mean, you and I, uh, we both went to private school for, uh, part of our lives and to have to go through that again, uh, you know, uh, well, for me, it, it just didn't Having stick. I it
0: shoved down your throat, basically.
1: Yeah. For me, it just didn't stick. I don't know about you, but. Uh,
0: no, after I left Catholic school, I kind of like renounced everything.
1: <laughs> but, you know, there's, there's two main things in every restaurant that you don't ever talk about one is politics and one is religion. But when you are completely inundated exactly. with the church crew uh, coming in after. You know, you can't exactly just say, ah, stop. We don't talk about that here.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Now, the only time that, you know, I kind of said stuff like that is when I worked for the last place I worked for. They were like family owned, all that. When the last election happened. Oh God. They were like, if someone, yeah, if someone brings it up, just politely tell them I don't talk about that at work. Hmm. Because they were like, we don't need people, you know, fighting with you. Because in North Carolina, it was a big thing here. Mm -hmm. And it was, I was like, I didn't want anyone fighting with me either. I I just wanted to go and make my money. Like, and when I tell you the people there, when I would tell them, I don't talk about that at work. It it, you know, let's change the subject. They would be like, no, I want to know your views. And like, I don't, I don't talk about that at work. Mm -hmm. Like I'm here to make money.
1: I think after a while, if somebody was pressuring me to get my point of view on something like that, I'd be go, I can't talk about that. They could be listening.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I make like the joke. Yeah. yeah.
1: (laughs) You know, know, they're listening everywhere. You know, make some kind of paranoid.
0: (laughs) They would probably think I'm crazy. Yeah. But I I mean, I am a little crazy. So, you know.
1: We all are. So, but dealing with uh, different personalities, uh, I mean, I I had trouble. Uh, it took a lot of my customers a long time to figure out. Oh, if I want to talk about sports, I can't talk to him. Uh, but yeah, some of them understood. Well, like I want to talk. You know, just that's why I came here. I want to talk. So uh, yeah. let's, let's see. Uh, what do you know about the album Tommy by the Who? And I said, okay, sit back, relax. Let's we're getting into this. And <laughs> but uh, you know, did. But you had to deal with, in especially a corporate situation, you had to deal with table turnovers. So you couldn't really get into conversation.
0: Oh, yeah. No. um, Especially, like, with Cracker Barrel, we had where we had, it was within the two minutes of them sitting, we had to greet them. And then after, once we greeted them, we basically had to try to make it a one-stop shop. And that's what they called it, a one-stop shop. You greet them, you get their drink, and you try to get their food order right then and there. Mm. And it, if you couldn't, that was okay.
1: Did it throw you off, though, when they said, can we have a minute?
0: Yeah. I, like, the first time I took a table, and I was like, all right, got to follow this. One-stop shop, one-stop shop, you know, kind of thing. And they're like, no, I need a minute. I, like, stood there, and I was like, uh, okay. <laughs> and, like, I walked back, and I was like... They said they needed a minute. And they're like, that's okay. And I was like, but one stop. And they're like, I mean, it happened. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, and then, you know, I started to get the hang of things. And I think the only thing that I really hated about Cracker Barrel, minus the aprons, those things hurt my neck. <laughs> um, yeah. But I hated the fact that after we put their food down, we waited a minute. And then we would go, obviously go back, you'd check on how everything is. And as we checked on that, we put the receipt down, we put the check down. Right. And I always felt like I know I wanted to make money and I wanted to table turn, but I didn't want to make them feel rushed because at that point, knowing me, if I feel rushed, I don't feel comfortable where I am. I don't feel comfortable with my server at that point. I'm not going to tip as much as I would if I felt comfortable and, you know, all that stuff.
1: Right. Working for three and a quarter at Ruby Tuesdays though, I'm sure it made it, uh, you know, with the boss from hell, I'm sure it made it really easy for you to just get up and quit. And cause yeah. you, you realize I don't get paid enough for this.
0: Yeah. And you know, when she told me I was getting paid three an hour as a host, I was like, okay. She goes, but so you get tip out. And I was like, Okay, that could be, you know, good. The tips out was like maybe $5 per server because of how slow we were.
2: Mm.
0: So my paychecks were like nothing.
2: Yeah.
1: But uh, then you moved over to Cracker Barrel. Now, uh, I've there's no Cracker Barrel where I live, uh, but uh, okay. I've talked to a number of people that do work there. Now, they have the gift shop in there, right? Yeah. They do. Yeah. Uh, and you sell those, they sell those giant Toblerones and all that stuff. And,
0: uh, yeah, they sell so many different things. It's crazy.
1: Now, uh, was it a big relief and a big cha- uh, big change for you when you were able to go from uh, uh, the first restaurant to the Cracker Barrel?
0: Yeah. Um, so I left Ruby Tuesday, and so I was still working in a college town. I didn't go straight to serving, I ended up working for my, school in their, like, cafeteria type thing for a while. But when I moved back and I went to Cracker Barrel, when I went in for the interview, it was literally a two-minute interview. And they're like, yeah, we'll take you on. You got the job if you still want it. And I was like, okay, I've never served before. And they're like, that's okay, we'll teach you. Uh. And the fact, like, I went from being told that I would never be able to serve to getting a serving job within two minutes with no experience it
1: felt really good. Yeah. So. Well, there's a, I, I I don't mean, know, I wouldn't understand why a restaurant would do that to a person, you know, say, uh, tell somebody you'll never be a server. Uh, I mean, that should have been a big red flag uh, that, we're oh, you're not going to be a server. You're well, you're, we're, you're not going to even try to train me. You're not going to try to do anything. But.
0: Yeah. Because
1: serving is a very trainable trait. Uh, you can train anybody it really to serve. Is. And. Uh, well and then it also depends on their attitude and you know, all that yeah. crap but uh, it's a very trainable trade and uh, so once you got to be a server and you were going from table to table did you were did you work on your uh, your people skills and try to you know talk to people make sure you smile I and- did
0: <laughs> oh yeah we were we always our managers. So we would have at least two managers on at Crocker Barrel and the way the kitchen was is you had a door that went in and like the micros were like right there and then you had your like server alley and then there was another entrance way as well because there were three dining rooms and they would stand at that entrance and like watch everyone and Mm -hmm. if you didn't smile as you walked back in they were like why didn't you smile why weren't you smiling Like, and I'd be like oh you know My face starts to hurt after a while. (laughs) Like, (laughs) you know, and if they don't say something, you know, or they're just, I've had the tables that don't want to conversate. Right. So I'm not going to stand there and smile if they don't want to conversate.
1: Right. It's, uh, I always, uh, on this podcast, I always go back to that movie Waiting. Uh, Have you seen that with Ryan Reynolds and,
0: I've heard of it. Everyone's called me to watch
1: it. Yeah, that's your homework for this weekend. Uh, uh, you know. Okay. But uh, there's this one character in there. She is just borderline, schi- you know, schizophrenic, angry the whole time until the dinner rush. Then all of a sudden, she comes out her, you know, in anger pose, and then she cracks her neck. And then all of a sudden nothing but smiles. How are you doing? Mm, that does sound good. And then as soon as she gets out of eyesight of the customers, she's God
2: damn it. You know yeah.
1: I mean you, you uh, it you know, I that movie is if you've worked in the service industry, you, you can relate to it immediately. There's so many things that you can relate to. But uh you Oh know, yeah. But was it did uh, I don't suppose that your smile got accidentally solidified on your face, so uh, you probably got good at no. the smile dropping as soon as you uh, went into the kitchen and smiled, oh, yeah. and then trying to muster up the smile as you went back out.
0: <laughs> Especially when we would get, so there were a lot of regulars up in our Cracker Barrel, and there were people that we didn't want to get. And if we got them, we would smile at the table and then we'd walk back and as I'm walking back there, my friends would be standing there, and my face would just fall, and I'd just roll my eyes.
1: <laughs> During my time as a server and a bartender, uh, I didn't smile much, but uh, most people accepted that because you know, uh, uh, they uh, they knew I was in good good spirits. At least, you know, I was willing to talk to them, and but I wasn't gonna. Uh, I just decided I'm not gonna smile like an idiot, and. Yeah, uh, because the places i worked weren't those type of places and you know we're not yeah uh, i mean the the one time where i was gonna go work corporate i all the places i worked were were never corporate uh but i went into this one restaurant and first uh, because i was between jobs and a friend of mine already worked there and she said come work with us over here and i said i don't know about going corporate and she goes oh come on you'll be working with all of us it'll be fun and I said, well, okay, I'll come in for an interview. And as soon as I walked in, I hear a clicking noise of somebody tapping a ice cream sundae and everybody lining up and going to a table to sing happy birthday. And, oh, yeah, no. And as soon as they were done singing happy birthday, she turned and saw me and she goes, oh, great, you're here. And I'm like, yeah, and I'm leaving.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: no. <laughs> <laughs> Cracker Barrel did not want anyone doing that. And then the um, place I worked at that was family owned, they did not want us doing that. Yeah. So I lucked out and didn't get uh, have to do that at all.
1: Yeah, I no, I, I I was just like, there's no way in hell I'm doing that. And as I was ghosting yeah. the servers, as I was ghosting the bartender, I was like, so this happy birthday thing, and they go, you can't get out of it. They insist that you, everybody gets together and goes and sings happy birthday. And I'm like, I can't do that.
0: You know? no. uh-uh. <laughs> I'd be the one that stands there and does nothing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's corporate life pretty much. Um, so uh, while working, though, working in a corporate restaurant, the, everything can be really tough now. now uh, the, during, in the places that I used to work, taking breaks was kind of, well, a lot of people can relate to this. Taking breaks was kind of tough. You know, it's just all of a sudden, okay, all the tables are taken care of. I'm going to go have a cigarette, maybe get halfway down it and then have to throw it away. Cause you have to get, get back to, you know, drop off a bill or a new customer just came in.
0: Yeah.
1: And, uh, was how tough was that in, in a corporate situation? So corporate
0: situation, cracker barrel, didn't like you smoking. We weren't allowed to smoke on the premises. Mm, mm. Um, now, I'm not a smoker, um, but I had friends that were. And they would ask to go out for one. And what they would ask is, how are your tables? Are your tables, like, is all the food on the tables? Do you have anyone that you need to greet? Do you have any open tables? And they would answer that. And they're like, okay, ask someone in your section to watch your, ask if they'll watch it. Mm. Um, and people would go out and they'd get minutes that was about it. Mm.
1: Um, well, I'm not just talking about smokers. I'm, I'm talking about, about breaks in general.
0: Dollars. So when I worked at Cracker Barrel, um, I took maybe mm. 10 breaks altogether in the three years I was there.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> um, I basically, so Cracker Barrel, if you came off the floor and you went to take a break, right. you lost your section. Now I could come back in and and be placed in the section. And when I come back in my, that section that I was given could be full already. I don't get those tables. I now have to wait until someone leaves and get a new table. Mm. So I pretty much hated coming off the floor. I would make a deal with my managers and be like, I will work straight through. And I would work 12, 13 hour shifts straight through without sitting down.
1: Oh, that's interesting. Cause that's also according to the labor board, that's kind of illegal. You have to have at least a lunch.
0: It is somewhere. illegal. <laughs> it is, yeah. It but, is, but Cracker Barrel didn't care.
1: Oh, that's interesting. But um, So were you one of those people that kind of grazed by, you know, grab a French fryer or something like that when you walked, walked through the cook section? Because you have to eat.
0: Yeah, we weren't supposed to. <laughs> yeah. We weren't supposed to, but, you know, there were times. And we had a manager who I loved. I loved her. Her name is Tari. Chari. She was a manager. She was working up to be, you know, a general manager. And there were nights that she knew we all worked so hard, and instead of throwing away the food like she's supposed to, she'd be like, "All right, everyone, grab a to-go thing, make a plate," mm-hmm. and she would send us home with food.
1: Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, I I keep hearing.
0: And she was also big. Big. Oh, sorry no no (laughs) she was also big on like our side work stuff I hated side work Mm. um we had this thing called primary but if you got it you didn't have to roll silverware because she knew how long it could take Mm. and she was big on making sure that if we had certain things we didn't have to do other certain things like I would pick up a night shift for her because someone called out and she'd be like you don't have to roll silverware and you have no side work and she would make those deals with servers because she used to be a server, so she knew what it was like.
1: Yeah. Now rolling silverware—that was never a project that I ever really liked. I, uh, I tried to avoid it as much as possible, but you know, it's inevitable. Oh yeah. And the only
0: way I didn't have to do it is if you know I got those situations, made a deal, or we all started learning that if you stayed and took forever to roll your silverware, you would if the managers were ready to leave, they'd be like, all right, whatever you have, is fine. <laughs> so we all started to learn like little tips and tricks on how to either make it look like it was a hundred silverware or say as late as possible to not have to roll all 100. Do
1: you ever fight with the day side though? when not uh, all, you know, all of a sudden they come in and go, somebody didn't roll the silverware. <laughs> yeah.
0: I, I worked both. I worked day and I worked night. Um, Day shifts, though, um, they didn't have to roll 100. Mm. Um, And if you were an opener, you didn't have to roll at all. You had no side work or anything like that. They also had these things called checkers. Because at Cracker Barrel, you have to print off this little slip. And you have to get signatures to be able to get your money. Because Cracker Barrel, you would go and get your credit card tips at the end of your shift. They didn't put it on your paycheck. Mm. So... I loved being a checker during the day because all I had to do was go around and check everyone's side work and go, "Oh, you missed that. You might want to redo it." <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, the,
0: but the only thing that sucks is if someone skipped out. You had to do their side work.
1: Yeah, yeah, that uh, that does happen. Uh, I I used to watch my servers at one of the bars that that at the end of their shift, I would you know. Uh usually the dinner uh dinner crowd disappeared pretty much around eight, eight thirty and they were supposed to be there until ten. And I around eight thirty I'd just walk over and say, Start your side work and they're like, Okay, I'm not doing anything but uh watching them try to figure out a system to try to make it go faster. They it's like none of them could figure it out. How do I you know do I roll them all first and I put that little sticker on it or do you know, do I do it as I go? I would sticker. <laughs> but uh, yeah,
2: I... I
0: would literally go through and fold all my napkins first mm. so that I didn't have to like sit there, do one and then fold a napkin through the next. So I would go through and fold all my napkins first and then I would go and I would just roll and put it to the side. And then when I was done rolling, I would go through and quickly tab them all.
1: Yeah, well, that sounds like the probably the easiest way, but still fairly tedious. I mean uh a lot yeah. of my servers got to the point where they realized, Oh, it's not busy not that busy. I can sit on this side of the bar and watch T V while I do it. Or uh, mm. watch the weird karaoke people as I do this, you know. the uh, that that was their entertainment, yeah. you know. <laughs> that
0: honestly, we weren't allowed to sit in roll silverware. We had a stand
2: mm. in the
0: back in Roll Silverware. I mean, it was terrible, but it wasn't terrible. And now when I go to, so I still go to the cracker barrel that I used to work at every once in a while. They don't even roll silverware anymore. They put it in a basket and put it on the table.
1: Oh, come on.
0: <laughs> I was like, where was this when I worked here?
1: <laughs> and then do you feel yourself wanting to yell at the server? you back. When I was a server here, we had to roll our silverware. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny.
0: You're lazy, you don't have to.
1: <laughs> now available at cwspirits.com. Borrows intense ginger liqueur. Borrows intense ginger liqueur is 100% made with fresh ginger with no extracts or chemicals. This liqueur is pure, big, bold and fresh with powerful flavor of ginger. Pure and simple, each batch of Burroughs Intense is created with over 200 pounds of fresh ginger, resulting in a highly aromatic liqueur. Burroughs Intense ginger liqueur can be enjoyed in many ways, including on the rocks, in a cocktail, or even spice up a delicious dish. Go to cwspirits.com and pick up your own bottle of Burroughs ginger liqueur today. And if you use coupon code Bartender 5 at checkout, you get 5% off your entire order. Also with all orders over $125, you get free shipping. You can't beat that. Go to cwspirits.com today.
2: Hey, bartender.
1: So, as you were a server though, you're do you think it actually did help being introverted and help you open up to more uh, more people?
0: It did. I mean, I still have my issues. Um like if I go to a grocery store, I hate asking for help. <laughs> <laughs> But other than that, I mean, it's really helped with being able to go up and have conversations with someone, if if I want to, mm. or if they come up to me and they talk to me, I now don't go hey, bye and like run off.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, unless it's something that completely doesn't interest you, and then you're like, I'm sorry, oh, I don't. Yeah. It took me a long time to yeah. learn learn that trick because I felt bad, these people would want to talk about something that I have absolutely no interest in or no no knowledge of. But then all of a sudden, I realized, but that person does. And so here, yeah, meet, meet this person, whether they're my uh, whether they're my server or just a per, the other person sitting at the bar. This guy will talk to you about that, and then all of a sudden, they've made a new friend. Yeah. But serving tables, you can't say, "Here, meet this table. Let me drag it over for you." <laughs>
0: Yeah, right? And let me just pull this table over. You guys can talk, you know.
1: (laughs) Now, when uh, customers came into your restaurants, did they ever take privileges or liberties like, hey, let's just put these two tables together or anything like that?
0: All the time, especially um, if a server would sit them at, you know, this one, you know, table that was meant for as many people that would come in they'd be like, well, but can't we take these two tables and push them together? Like, why not? And they would have to explain, well, one table is one server. The other table is another server. Or like, they'd be like, it's just not feasible. And they would try to, but if they did it, then us as servers, like if they took one of my tables and another server's table, we would have to look at each other and go, okay, rock, server, so shoot who gets it.
2: Mm.
1: Yeah.
0: Like, and if I got it, what I would do is I would give that other server one of my other tables until you know just that one to make up for it.
1: Mm. Yeah, that uh, yeah, that, I suppose that would screw up. I didn't work in restaurants that were uh, that busy or that big that had that many employees where you had to worry about uh, that you know whose section is what. Uh, was, yeah,
0: I mainly I worked with either three or four tables at a time.
1: Oh, really. And so you get those, uh, yeah. how long do your, uh, how long do your customers typically sit at the table, you know, for the turnover and stuff?
0: It would depend. Yeah, it would depend. Um, some people you had that would get up and get out. Other people you, I had a table literally camped there for four hours once. once. Oh God. And then leave me like $5. <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, I, I have memories from, uh, I was like 18, 19. My friends and I would hang out at uh, uh, Sherry's or Denny's and we'd sit and drink coffee for hours on end. But we were all broke. And I. it didn't occur to me until many years later, like, oh, we were taking up valuable real estate to that person. And I probably owed them an apology.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: As customers go, you. I'm sure you had regulars. I did. Did you have a favorite? Without naming names or, you know, uh, just in case they hear this podcast. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So there was, you know, one gentleman that would come in all the time. Um, I had two favorites. So there was one that would come in alone all the time. Um, He would... This was at um, Baby Moon. So it was at the, the last place I worked. It was an Italian restaurant. And his... I don't think he would listen to it. He, you know, his name's Jeff and he would come in and I remember the first time I served him, everyone was like, he's the make or break guy here. And I was like, what do you mean? The make or break guy. And they're like, if he likes you, he likes you. If he doesn't, you might not work out here. (laughs) And I was like, oh, (laughs) and I remember the first time I served him, he had this specific order and I got it right. And he ended up coming back in the next day and requested me. And from then on out, like he would tell me, you can't leave because you're no one else is going to be able to do it. Right. And you know, (laughs) who's going to serve me. Um, And then I felt bad having to tell him um, the last time he came in, I was like, so my last day is, you know, in a week. (laughs) And he was pretty upset, but you know, he asked me what I was doing. And I was like, I got, you know, Another corporate job, (laughs) but it's working from home. Um, And he was really happy for me. Um, And then my second favorite was at Cracker Barrel. And I know I complained about the church crowd, but this table, they were the sweetest couple. And, you know, they would pray for me, (laughs) Mm -hmm. which, you know, I'd let them. But what they would do is a tip. They would leave you five dollars but then they would give you like you would get to pick out two bracelets that she made. She she made bracelets and then would bring them in. And whatever server you had, like she had, she would tell them pick out two bracelets and you would get bracelets as well and sometimes candy. Like um so on Valentine's Day she came in with like a little goodie bag for the server.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And we got candy and we got the bracelets and the $5. And she was so sweet. She, everyone loved her when they found out, like she mainly wanted me, they were upset because they wanted the bracelet, <laughs> but, um, she would tell everyone if, you know, she'd be like, go tell the services, come over, I'll give them bracelets too. You know, she was just a sweetheart.
1: Mm. Now you said there was basically a hazing ritual with one of your customers. You know, he, he's the make or, make or break guy. Now, was there a uh, hazing ritual with some of them? Because I remember there was one guy that came into one of the restaurants I worked at. He, with every new server, he would always order the Baked Alaska. We did not serve a Baked Alaska at our restaurant, but it would always send the servers back into the uh, kitchen, throw their ticket, or when we got the point-of-sale system, they're frantically looking all over the screen for Baked Alaska, and he'd just sit there and giggle at himself.
0: Yeah, he wasn't quite like that. He wasn't quite like that. He was more of, he was just very particular in what he wanted. Mm. So he liked he would get unsweet tea, lots of ice. So you would have to bring him an extra cup of ice, Mm. a straw, and then Splenda. And only Splenda. He did not want the whole sugar caddy. He wanted just Splenda. Uh So you would bring him a little plate of Splenda. And then he would get this salad that was supposed to come with grilled chicken. They called it the Jeffrey. So it was, you know, his salad. But he got it with black and salmon. But we didn't upcharge him for the salmon because he was a regular. Uh And it was just everything had to be a certain way. And, like, he wanted extra bread, extra dressing, but on the side. And it was just you know you had to be very particular with what he wanted, and no, they didn't warn me what it what it was going to be like when he came in. They were just like he's the make or break guy. If you please him, you're good.
1: Almost sounds like uh, he had a touch of OCD.
0: I think so. So he he was an architect.
1: Ah, okay. So. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. <laughs> But with every flip of the coin, there's also a bad day. Uh, now we've all had those customers that, as soon as they walk in, every, you know every server in the room rolls their eyes. We, we I think we talked about that just recently, but uh, yeah. But they keep coming back no matter how crappy a service that we give them. Uh, but uh, yeah. obviously, from the reaction you're giving me right now, you've had that moment.
0: Yes. My, honestly, my worst moment with that, it was, so Cracker Barrel's open on certain holidays. Fuck, but it is. We would be closed Christmas day, but Christmas Eve, we were open for a certain time.
2: Mm.
0: We, I think, I want to say it was 2 p.m. So I was working and I had this table that walked in last minute. We all love those, the, the yeah. last minute tables. <laughs> Um, they were super nice. The guy ordered roast beef and his three sides. And I was like, okay, you know, he went in, put in his order. I read out their food. They start eating. I go and do my check back. He's like, my food's cold. And I was like, I'm so sorry. You know, I can get you a new plate or I can eat whichever one you want, whatever, you know. So he was like, can you just get me a new plate? I said, yes, of course. So I walked back and I'm like, I need another receipt. They're like, that was the last one. We don't have any because we're closed tomorrow. Mm -hmm. We made enough, you know, and when we, that day when we ran out, we ran out of something. So I'm like, I'm like, all right, you guys need to figure something out. Like, please just help me help a girl out. So they heated up and put it on a new plate, but make it look like it was new.
2: Mm -hmm. Like
0: we've all done. We've all done that. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. I walked back out. And I put it on the table. I'm like, I'm so sorry about that. Here you go. He looks at it and somehow he's like, this is the same food. I'm like, well, sir, you know, and I explained the situation of how, you know, we're closed tomorrow. We only made a certain amount. And he's like, it's fine, whatever. I was like, okay. I walked back into the vestibule area. I'm standing there talking to my manager, telling him everything that happened. When he came storming up with the plate to the vestibule to my manager and said, "I don't want this shit. Shit. I don't understand why you guys don't have any more food," and like starts going off. Mm -hmm. And he was like, "I'm gonna leave a review. This is crap. Crappy service." And I'm standing right there, like, "I tried to do everything for you." And so I go back the table, even though I don't want to you know, at this point. He leaves. They left me two dollars
2: <laughs>
0: as my last table of the day. I remember walking back to the back, falling, my eyes out, crying mm. about how, you know, this is Christmas Eve, like how like, you know, they told me they know it wasn't my fault and they weren't going to, you know, penalize me and all this and then leave me two dollars. And my general manager came out to me and was basically like, you know, at the end of the day, he was like, they have to live with themselves. They have to live with how, you know, shitty they are. He goes, and at the end of the day, you're going home. You're going to have a great Christmas with your family. And you're better than them, basically. Mm. And he was like, so, you know, dust off your shoulders, like this tears. And he was like, if you have to go in the walk-in and take a minute, go ahead. <laughs> because you know we've all been at the walk-in moment yeah. but you know from then on that's when I learned to just kind of roll off those bad customers Mm -hmm. and not let them bother me as much because I'm a very sensitive person I will cry at the drop of a hat Um, uh especially you know when I put my all into it and then you know to get stiff or, you know, I've been tipped a penny before.
1: Yeah. yeah. I, I got tipped a penny once. And
0: then he came back.
1: He still came back?
0: Even after this? Yeah. <laughs> and I said, I refused to serve that table.
1: Yeah, it, that's your right. I mean, come on. Do you really want to put yourself through that again?
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm.
1: I, I got tipped a penny one time because this man and his very... Well, this man was elderly as it was, but his father was very very elderly and he would bring his father into my bar and play kino or video poker uh, every once in a while and yeah. he would leave a mess that they both have you know sit and have a beer and kino t- tickets everywhere it was a big cleanup after he left uh one time I see this the son you know falling asleep in the in the booth, and i walked over very quietly so not to bring attention to anybody and i said hey dude wake up either uh either wake up or go home i can't have you sleeping in my bar because because the liquor control commission if they came in and yeah. see somebody sleeping they're going to assume that they're drunk and i overserved him that i get in trouble i lose my liquor license whatever
2: yeah yeah
1: but that guy he uh got so mad he came over and slapped a penny on the table with justification and, you know, extreme, you know, I'm, this is what you deserve. And when he walked out of the bar, I turned to the bar uh, customers sitting at the bar and I said, I'd be mad, but this is the first time he's tipped me (laughs) because he never tipped me before. And, uh, God, but I, I got my revenge on him much later because he came in on another one of my shifts. He gave me the stink eye but his father kept running kino tickets running kino tickets right? and uh, yeah. and so when i was cleaning up his table picking up all the kino tickets i got the bright idea take all the kino tickets and scan them and little did they know they gave me a 50 dollar $50 tip
0: because
1: <laughs> they forgot to cash in one of their tickets
0: <laughs> well actually them
1: and i i actually split it with uh my serving team that was uh, that night and because they all hated him and I said, hey, this is from this guy. What? He actually tipped you? And I said, nope.
0: Nope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I remember the penny that I got, it was just this lady with her kid. She was just something else. And when I was cleaning up the table, it didn't look like I got a tip. And I was like, you know what? Whatever. They stiff me. I don't care.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: When I found the penny, I guess I was fine with being stiffed. But when I found the penny, I was like, are you serious? Mm-hmm. Like really and I actually one of my waitress friends had to stop me from chasing after them to throw it at them <laughs> because I wanted to throw the penny at them and be like you know you might as well just not hit me yeah well there
1: was one uh woman and her husband that used to come into my bar uh they were regulars and she worked at Denny's and she uh, my uh my guess is she had probably been working for Denny's for a good 20 30 40 years you know uh And whenever she came into my bar, she would always order a Budweiser, and always give exact change for every drink that she had. She'd have maybe four beers before going home, never tipped. And we all stood around and looked at each other and said, "You know, said this woman is a server. How can she not understand the concept of tipping?" And
0: especially with tip karma,
1: yeah. And so. Um, my friend uh, Shannon, we went over to Denny's where she happened to be working a shift that night and uh, I joked around with the, a couple other people saying, should we tip her as much as she tips us? And Shannon said, nope, we're going to tip the shit out of her. And we're like, okay, why not? So we all, we uh, I think we, it came out to like damn near 50% Uh, tip on whatever the tab was and it still took her a couple weeks but she eventually learned to at least leave a dollar for our troubles you know
0: (laughs) yeah i mean i so i always believed in tip karma because there was you know you know waffle house yeah
1: smothered and covered the only way to go
0: so (laughs) oh yes definitely so there was one time um I had gone to Waffle House with my boyfriend and then my friend and her significant other. And we were sitting there for maybe 20 minutes without anyone coming over to us, which, you know, Waffle House can be busy, you know, or, you know, they just are kind of Mm mess at a Waffle House with service. But I was like, okay, 20 minutes is a little ridiculous. Finally, someone came over, took our order. We had gotten coffee. And we finished our first cup of coffee. And normally as a server, we're on top of refills. Mm-hmm. You know, we never got a refill on coffee. Not once mm-hmm. while we ate. Uh-huh. And I think that's the first time I never, like, and I was serving at that point, And I looked at, you know, my friend who is also a server. And she goes, and her and I at the same time said, we're not tipping. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, I I was like, I never do that. I at least leave something. But I said, this was the worst experience I've ever had that like, she doesn't deserve it. Mm.
1: Now, now that being said, um, after you started working in the service industry, did it change how you look at the service industry?
0: It did. It really did. Um, I learned how hard it actually, because as a kid, you see it and you're like, oh, that's easy. You know, they just have to talk to people. Right. I realized how hard it is, how hard it is on not only your mental state, but your body. Your mm. body takes a toll. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, if I went, if I went and served a shift right now, I wouldn't be able to handle it. I wouldn't. Really? I mean, not just, like, just my body wouldn't be able to handle it, because I haven't been on my feet like that mm-hmm. in almost a year. Mm-hmm. And I would love it. I'd love to go back and be able to, you know, talk to different types of people and meet different types of people and put myself out there. But the toll of those four years that it took on my body, like I wouldn't come home and my feet would be killing me just because I put in so much hard work and I can reflect on it now and go, I'm glad I did it, but why did I want to do that?
1: (laughs) It's all about the experience. I mean, uh, I've mentioned on this show many a times and had s- small debates with people on this show that being working in the service and hospitality industry should actually be a college credit.
0: I I agree. I think everyone should at least have to work maybe um like a semester, yeah. you know.
1: Yeah, that's a good amount. I agree. And
0: learn learn how hard it really is and the effort that we do put in and not that, you know, we're not, I hate the people who say, if you want to, if you want to make money then don't serve Mm. because they don't believe in tipping or anything like that. And we put ourselves in that position to only make two something an hour and then tip. Mm. And it's like, I put my, if I didn't put myself in that position and you didn't have servers, you wouldn't have restaurants. how, what would you do then? Yeah, serve yourself. Uh,
1: in mostly the tipping situation has to do with, well, the traditionally uh, way back when it was a way to ensure prompt service. I think that's the Webster's dictionary uh, definition of tips. And but nowadays, the way things change, say around the Reagan era, uh, it's become part of our income. It, you know, it's a necessity Yeah, and especially with some of the restaurants on the East coast that I've been hearing about lately that don't even pay their employees by the hour. They said, whatever you make in tips, that's what you make. By the way, these are the percentages that you have to give to your cook, your hostess, your dishwasher. And oh. it, I almost find it disgusting because I've talked to a couple people that actually said they went home in the negative because they had to tip out so much based on their sales. And
0: Oh wow! And
1: that makes me so. Sick of I didn't stomach. have
0: to tip out at Cracker Barrel. I didn't have to tip out at Cracker Barrel, and then Baby Moon, the family owned the only. I loved it. I made more money there because we had higher paying people and higher caps because we had the bar. We had alcohol. I mean, Cracker Barrel now has alcohol, but it's not good at all. It's literally beer and sparkling wine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, you know, the only thing I hated about Baby Moon was we tip shared. Yeah. So if I pulled in, there was one night I pulled in $400 in tips. I don't get to walk away with all the 400 Right. They did it by hours. And when I left that night, I walked away with $100. And,
1: yeah, and that almost seems the day not worth it.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. I, that was the only thing I hated. Now, if it was reversed, if I didn't make it a lot and then I walked away with more, it was nice. But, I mean, that was the only thing I hated about that company. But I had never had to tip anyone out. So I didn't have to go through that mm-hmm. hassle of going home in the negative or anything like that. But I feel for the people that do.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, that it it makes me sick to my stomach whenever i hear stories like that but um yeah so we're coming up uh coming up on last call one more thing that i want to uh talk to you about what was your last day like in the hospitality industry
0: my last day um i worked a double it was nice um every one of my regulars actually tipped me extra
2: <laughs> nice um
0: and so, obviously, because my last job was Baby Moon, where we tip shared, my coworkers loved me um, for that. Um, but I'm pretty sure the last day we had this big party and we had this thing at Baby Moon. It was the patio, so people could rent it out. Um, and parties like that is where we drew in our tips because we automatically graded them there. But I mean, that party was amazing. Everything about that night for some reason, my last night went so smooth. There were no hiccups. There was no nothing. Everyone worked together as a team. And the fact that it went so smooth was a little weird (laughs) because I was like, Oh, now everything's going to work out when I'm leaving. Um, But I mean, the cooks were so upset to see me go. They were, you know, we stayed that night because the owners were so nice. They would let us, Legally, they weren't allowed to do this, but they would let us, you know, buy beers after hours for, for what they get, you mm-hmm. know.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So I would pay $2 for a Coors Light. And we would go out, we'd pour it in the styrofoam cup, and we, would, we sat out there and we talked and we stayed until the manager finished counting money and counting down everything. And, I mean, that was my last, like, the last night was amazing, and I would i cried leaving.
1: Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's tough to leave your family like that. So
0: it really is. We were one big dysfunctional. Yeah, but we were a family.
1: Yeah. Does, well, if your family, uh, if your work family is not dysfunctional, you're working in the wrong place. I mean,
0: <laughs> that's very true. That's very true. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> You know, uh, most of the places that I worked, the, they let me know an, uh, a couple hours before my shift. Yeah, we got somebody to cover you. You don't need to come in anymore. And I'm like, did I do something wrong? And, so well, in the last job that I, uh, I had, they said uh, I could only work one day a week, and they needed somebody that could work more often. And so, okay, truthfully, mm-hmm. I understand. And I had a few customers that were like, what the hell? You know, and... Why are you behind the bar? Where's Anthony? Because I had this really good Beatles question for him. But, uh, oh. but you know, I, I went in and visited my co- old customers every now and then, and it was like going home. You know, just, you know, everybody, hey,
2: how you yeah. doing?
1: You know. But, I think
0: that's my favorite thing about going back to the places of worked mm-hmm. is seeing the people that still work there that I knew and the regulars and them seeing me and going,
1: Oh, how are you? You know, yeah. Mm. yeah. Uh, I'm one of the places that I used to work. I went back to visit my friends who still worked there, and uh, the the circumstances under which I got fired well, were ridiculous. And my all the <clears throat> all the servers understood that. All the bartenders knew that. The customers knew that. And so when I'd come in to visit my uh, my friends that were working uh, the customers that were really cool for me would ma- start getting on the manager said, why the hell did you fire this guy? He's hilarious. Cause I'd come in and tell him a joke or you should hire him back. And, and, you know, and just to be nice to them to get them out of an uncomfortable situation. Cause I'm a nice like that, I guess. And I, I would say, Oh, don't, you know, don't think they, uh, they don't handle that right now. Or, you know, I try to deflect for him. But I, yeah. ne- I never received a thank you for that. No. <laughs> <Aww. laughs> but uh, you know, uh, your last days. Uh, uh, I never got an official last day, but yours. Uh, your last day sounded really cool.
0: Yeah, the fact that it was nice and everyone wanted to hang out afterwards, and everything went so smooth. It, it was perfect. Crackerboro I didn't have an actual last day. I applied for, you know, unemployment during the uh, pandemic and uh, they ended up accepting it and saying, because I don't remember how exactly they put it, but it was like, they let me go. Mm So I was like, oh, there's no paper trail, but you let me go. Okay, cool. (laughs) I'm just going to go. I'll select unemployment.
2: Yeah.
1: So anyway, uh, we're coming up on near on the end of the show. So I want to thank you so much for taking time to be on the show. And do you have any social media that you'd like to let people know so they can uh, follow you and uh, all that stuff?
0: Yeah, I mean, I mainly just, you know, have the TikTok. It's the Psychedelic Hippie.
1: The Psychedelic Hippie. Okay. That's uh, yeah. That's a very groovy name.
0: <laughs> Thanks. <laughs>
1: But um, thank you so much for coming uh coming on the show and sharing your stories. They were they were awesome. How do I usually close out this show? <laughs> um <laughs> uh but I uh wish you well and uh I hope you're doing uh doing good with your new job where you're working from home and uh
0: Yeah.
1: And uh yeah, thank you so much for being on the show.
0: Yeah, no problem. Thank you for having me.
1: All right, people, it is last call, last call for alcohol. Come on up to the bar, get your last drink, and go the fuck home. Thank you to Heather Sidlecki for being a guest on the show. Remember, people, if you listen to this show and you think, I want to be a part of that, all you have to do is just let me know. You can either email me, dude, at heybartenderpodcast.com, or you can catch up with me on the social media sites, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, all of them are at hey Bartender Podcast. As usual, I gotta thank Lar Hope and the Arctones for uh, giving me the theme song Dr. Bartender. Remember to go check out their music on all streaming services. They are awesome. Don't forget to visit CW Spirits to buy your favorite liqueur or try something new. Just remember to use coupon code Hey Bartender5 at checkout to get five percent off your entire order. Remember to rate, uh comment, subscribe to Hey Bartender Podcast, new episodes every saturday around 7 p.m central standard time and uh as usual i just gotta wish you all lots of love lots of sex lots of happiness and remember don't take any shit from anyone good night
2: what do you mean it's let's go i just got